Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. The Bible says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Out of it are the issues of life. Now what that commandment is, is to keep your heart. And the Bible has a lot to say about our hearts. A lot to say. But I want to focus this morning, I want to focus this morning on having a hard heart. And the dangers of having a hard heart. That's what I want to preach this morning, is on the dangers of having a hard heart. Because the Bible says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So turn to, turn to Romans chapter 2. I'm going to preach this morning on having a hard heart and the dangers of having a hard heart. And I wanted to show you that in Proverbs first before we turn to Romans 2 because I want you to notice what the Bible, the Bible says you need to keep your heart, that that's where all the issues of life come from. Uh, everything, that's, uh, everything that is you is your heart. And Jesus Christ had a lot to say about your heart and uh, he, he had a lot of things to talk about with the heart and the book of Psalms, the book of Proverbs. I mean, the, the Bible's full of heart and, and things about your heart. And I want to show you in Romans chapter 2 some dangers, starting in Romans chapter 2. We'll start there at verse 1. It's about some dangers of having a hard heart. You know, the Bible says in Jeremiah, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You know, the Bible warns you, gives you these warnings about your heart. I want to preach this morning about the dangers of having a hard heart. It's easy to get a hard heart. I'm not just preaching about non-believers or somebody who doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I'm preaching to people who are Christians. I'm telling you, and maybe this message is for me, because when I got up and I was thinking, of, you know, trying to get together, what am we going to preach on? Here it is, uh, Thanksgiving week, and we're going to, you know, you think I'd come together with a, uh, have a good Thanksgiving message or something. No, the Lord, <laughs> the Lord laid this message on my heart. And when I, I, I looked at this message, I think, this message is for me. This message is for me because I tend to get a hard heart. I mean, just, I mean, a hard heart. You say, why do you get such a Because I turn on the news and I see how people act and I see the way people, and it gets me hard. And I get mad about it and I get angry about it and I, my heart starts getting hard. And I start thinking everybody acts that way. Everybody thinks that way. The world's just no good. And, the world, and, and it really is in a lot of ways. But it, you don't need to have a hard heart. That's a danger. To get a hard heart. And look at Romans chapter 2 verse 1. Let's look at the first one of these. Therefore, thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same things. Now, the Bible warns us that you should be careful when you're judging. Now, Jesus Christ says, judge not lest you be judged. And a lot of non-believers, a lot of atheists love to throw that verse in your face. But that verse means if you're going to judge, judge not lest you be judged. Judge not lest you be judged. That verse means if you're going to judge, get ready because people are going to judge you for what you're doing. Now, you've got to live in a life of, you've got to judge. There's, there's no way you can't live life without judging. You've got to pull up to a light. Is that light red or is that light green? I mean, you've got to use judgment in every part of your life. But you've got to be really careful because a judgmenting heart, a judgmental heart will become a hard heart. You get a hard heart by being judgmental. You start judging people. You start pointing your finger and start looking at what they're... I would never do something like that. Don't lie to yourself. You do the same thing. 
I remember being under Brother Packer, and he would say stuff. Uh, he'd say stuff about he'd have people come in, and uh, people's kids would be doing all this awful stuff. And we all have kids, and we all have had kids that do things we're not proud of. And they they say, "Well, if my kid ever done that, I'll tell you what I'd do." No, if your kid kid ever done that, you'd do the exact same thing. You'd have to love them and put up with it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Amen. But we're judgmental about that. We, we think we, we see that and we and that's what Paul is warning us. Thou condemnest thyself. See, when you're judging somebody, you're just putting words that God can use against you at the judgment day. And that's how God's going to judge people who are lost. He's going to judge them out of their own mouth. When they stand before God and they say, God, uh, I don't believe it, it's wrong to steal. And then he's going to replace something they said years and years ago that they forgot all about where they said, well, I don't think, I think that guy's a thief. I can't believe he stole. And he, God's going to use that against you. Thou, thou condemnest thyself, for thou that judgest doeth the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. You've got to be careful with the judgmental heart. It brings out a hard heart. How do you break that? Well, you need to be understanding. Instead of being judgmental, you need to be understanding. You need to be understanding and think, you know what? It's by the grace of God that's not me. It's by the grace of God that I'm not like that. It's by the grace of God. You know, when I go into those prison, prison ministry with Brother Paul Henry and we go through there and I see these men, I get to talking to them. And you know what's amazing to me? It amazed me the first time I ever went in there. It doesn't take you 10 minutes to forget you're in a prison, maximum security prison. And it doesn't take you 10 minutes. You'll be sitting there talking to a man and, and you're looking across this man and you're talking to him. And this man literally could have been a killer, a murderer, a rapist. I don't know that. And you forget this stuff. When you get around him, you, you start realizing, that's a man just like me. And he made a mistake, and that's why he's in here. And it's by the grace of God, I didn't make a mistake, and I'm not in here. Amen. You start realizing these people are just like me and you. They act just like me and you. You know, you, you turn on the TV, and you, there's somebody who does something, uh, some murder or something, and they talk to the neighbors, and the neighbors say, I thought he was a good man. I can't believe he did that. He was so quiet. He was a gentleman. He was, they, I just can't believe it. You know, there in Brownwood recently, they uh, had a girl that got brutally raped and murdered, a, a mentally challenged girl. And they couldn't find the killer. They couldn't find the killer. They couldn't find the killer. And they got desperate, so they did a DNA profile. And what they did with that is they got the DNA of this, they got the DNA off of, off of her, and they sent it up to some lab, and the lab did a profile, and it looked like an artist's sketch of what this killer looked like. And they did the artist sketch, and they, so they started posting this all over the media, on Facebook and different, on the media. And this picture looked like, they're supposed to look like the killer. Well, the kid that actually did it, he showed up at church. Last Wednesday night, he showed up his Wednesday night church service, and he confessed to the congregation and to the pastor, I'm the one that murdered her. To the whole church. And, of course, the church was in complete shock. They couldn't believe it. This picture got him so scared because when they show the picture of him, and you can go on the internet and see it, they look a lot alike. This DNA picture looks a lot alike like this kid that murdered this girl. And the congregation saying it, and they were talking about how they were shocked. The whole community shocked, and they couldn't believe it. Guys, it just, we all have that in us. We all have hearts like that in us. And we got to be careful about being judgmental. We forget we're sinners just like everybody else. Oh, I would never do that. you got to be careful. And you need to be understanding. Remember when, uh, I've said this story many times, Dwight Almudis was walking with his, his uh, 
his, his song leader, and he's walking along, and they, his song leader looks down there, and there's a drunk laying over there in, in the ditch, and he's laying in his own vomit, and he goes, oh, what a shame, what a disgrace. And Dwaldo Moody stops, and, and, and a tear comes to his eye, and he says, but by the grace of God, there goes I. But by the grace of God. See, guys? By the grace of God. By the grace of God. Verse 3, And thinkest thou this, O man, that judges them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? We're not going to escape it. Verse 4, Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? See, what, what verse 4 is telling you is, is that God is longsuffering. He's goodness. He's forbearance. He forbears. He's long-suffering. Guys, that's what we need to be as a, in a, as a Christian. We need to act like the Lord God. We need to be a lot more long-suffering, a lot more forbearing, a lot more good, and stop being so judgmental on people. In fact, what I'm trying to warn you, there's a danger in getting a hard heart. And we're getting hard hearts to where you think, well, I don't need to give a gospel tract to them. I don't need to tell them about Jesus Christ or, or get to a so hard a heart, I don't want them to come to my church. I don't want them to come in here. I don't have a hard heart like that. The church is full of people like that. Amen. Amen. The church is full of people like that. I, would, I don't want to invite them to church. They might actually show up. <laughs> that hard heart, man, just like that. God warns you about having a hard heart. God wants you to act more like him. God is long-suffering. He puts up with this stuff. Not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Your hard heart is what keeps people from receiving Jesus Christ. Your hard heart's going to keep you from receiving Jesus Christ. Look at verse 5. But after, but after thy hardness and impenitent heart, impenitent, impenitent, non-repentant, you won't turn, you won't receive Jesus Christ. You won't, it's a hard heart, treasurous up unto thyself. Look at this. Wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Your hard heart is causing God's wrath to be put on you. Your hard heart. And I, uh, you, it don't take long witnessing to people, trying to res- talk to people about Jesus Christ. You run into a lot of this. People nowadays, they have such a hard heart. Well, I don't have anything to do with that. I don't want to have anything to do with God. I and they're mad at God, and they're angry with God, and the heart has gotten harder and harder and harder as they go through. And there's a warning in the Bible about having a hard heart. There's danger in having a hard heart. And the hard heart is what's got God's wrath on unbelievers. And praise the Lord that there was a time in our lives that we had a soft enough heart to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. You had to have a soft heart. Your heart had to soften up. Because if you received Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you had to admit that I'm a sinner. Man, you think that's easy. Some of y'all think that's real easy to admit I'm a sinner. Man, that that is the hardest thing for a lot of people to do. You got people that will not admit that they're wrong. They will not remit that they've done things wrong. Look at, I, I read these missionary letters to y'all, especially over in Germany. Man, those people, you cannot convince them that they're wrong no matter to save their life. There's no way. It's all about, no, I'm not wrong. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm a good person. And they judge somebody else against their own righteousness. See, I'm not as bad as my neighbor. See, I judge my neighbor. He, he's a bad person. Look at all the stuff my neighbor does. I'm not as bad as him. Listen, God's not going to judge you by your neighbor. God's going to judge you by Jesus Christ, his righteousness. You don't stand a chance. There's no way. Look at Mark chapter 16. 
I'm going to show you another danger. We're going to stay in Mark the rest of this morning. Look at Mark chapter 16. I'm going to show you another danger. I was just getting you warmed up about that danger of having a hard heart. It's an unbelieving heart, that, a hard heart that causes you to not receive Jesus Christ. It's a judgmental heart that leads to a hard heart. You don't want a hard heart. Nobody wants to be around a person with a hard heart. Nobody wants to be around people like that. But look at Mark chapter 16, verse 14. I'm going to show you five different ways and five different dangers of having a hard heart this morning. I just showed you one of them. A judging heart turns into a hard heart. Now look at this. Look at the second one here. Look at verse 14. Mark chapter 16, verse 14. Jesus Christ has been crucified. Jesus Christ is resurrected. He showed up to his disciples. He's appeared to his disciples, but some of them didn't believe. Remember Doubting Thomas? Downton Thomas didn't believe, but look at verse 14. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. A hard heart will close your heart up to faith. Having a hard heart just closes your heart up to faith. Having a hard heart causes you to have an unbelieving faith. Has causes you to be unbelieving. And that's what Jesus Christ is saying there. And upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart. See, when you have a hard heart, you get to where you can't, you start, you stop believing that God can do things for you. When you have a hard heart, you start, you start thinking, God's not going to work. God, there was a time, me and my wife would go walking sometimes in the evening, and my wife would, might not remember doing this, but we were walking along, and I was talking about some things going on at work, and, and my wife, being the sweet wife she is, she says, uh, well, uh, honey, I'm praying for you. You know what my hard heart says? Well, stop praying. It, it don't matter. It, it don't matter. Just, it don't matter if you pray. My old heart just got as hard as that right there. I don't pray. Why waste your breath? You know, it ain't going to change. See, my hard heart has got, I don't think God can work in my life. My hard heart had got to where I don't even want to pray. Don't even pray about it. That's what I'm telling my wife. A preacher. Don't pray about it. It don't make a difference. My boss is not going to change. The bosses above him are not going to change. They're idiots. They're stupid. You know, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't care. Nothing's and my wife said, well, I'll pray for you. And Jesus Christ says, you have a hard heart and you're unbelieving. And as soon as I said that to my wife as we're walking, the Holy Spirit said, you're wrong. And boy, I felt convicted, and I had to pray and ask God to forgive me. Lord, I, I'm going to keep on praying about it. Something might change. Something might change. And stop being so hard-hearted. <laughs> I get hard-hearted. That's why I'm preaching this message. And I told you, I feel like this message is for me. It's a hard heart that causes you to stop believing in God can do something. Amen. They walked with Jesus Christ for three years, seeing Him raise the dead. They seen him bring, take one loaf and seven loaves and, and feed 5,000. They seen him walk on the water. They seen him cast out demons. They seen Jesus do some of the most amazing miracles in the world. And they come up and say, he's resurrected, just like he said he was. Oh, I don't believe it. These men slept and walked with Jesus Christ, seen all that, and they said, oh, I, don't, I don't believe it. And he upbraided them. It said he upbraided them. He got on to them. And he upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart. Why? Because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Your hard heart, the danger of having a hard heart, it'll cause you to stop believing God can do something in your life. 
And when you start believing God can't do something, you're stupid. God can do anything. You know, we, we think it's impossible. It's impossible. Jesus Christ said, yeah, but with God, all things are possible. We forget that, see? It, that's, that's called having a hard heart. You've hardened your heart. See, I've gotten around these men and seen how the world is, and it's hardened my heart. They're never going to change. This world, you know, my job's never going to change. They're never going to get better. They're never going to change their way. Their heart. God can move on somebody's life. And we all know things can change just like that. Man, if somebody is bothering me, if I have somebody that's bothering me at work, God can do anything to do for me, whatever he wants to do. And it could be, I've seen men that, that look like they're as healthy as they can be. The next day I find out they're dead. God can take a life. God can move. God can do whatever he wants to do, including me. God says, okay, you're tired of that job. I'll take care of that job for you. I'll give you a broke back. You'll be without a job. And see how you, you know. God can do it to me. See, uh, see uh, that, that hard heart will make you say, why doesn't God do something to them? And God said, yeah, I'm going to do something, but it's not to them, it's to you. You hard-hearted mule. <laughs> that hard heart is a danger, and it causes, you to have a, uh, it causes you to have a heart of unbelief. Faith, faith, my friends, is the lifeblood of Christianity. Faith is the lifeblood of Christianity. All of us are in here because we have faith that there was a person named Jesus Christ that none of us have seen that died for our sins and that because he died for our sins, we're going to get to go to heaven. And heaven's a place that none of us have seen. All of us are in here because of faith. It's the lifeblood of this church. Faith, faith, it's all about faith. And if you have a hard heart, that faith will dry up. You got to watch that. That's the issues of life, the Bible says. That heart right there. You don't need to let it get hard, man. You don't need to let it get hard. Turn to Mark chapter 8. We're in Mark 6. Turn to Mark chapter 8. Yeah, a hard heart will close your heart up to faith. You know another thing a hard heart will do while you're turning to Mark chapter 8? A hard heart is why we have so many laws. That's what Jesus Christ said. The hard, a hard heart's why we have so many laws. It's Mark chapter 8 verse 14. Look at there. Mark chapter 8, verse 14. A hard heart is why we have so many laws. <laughs> you remember Jesus Christ was asked about divorce, and what did he say? Yeah, well, it wasn't that way in the beginning. Because of the hardness of your heart, Moses gave you that law and did this, that, and another. But the hardness of your heart, <laughs> the reason why we have so many laws in this country is because people's hard heart will not do the right thing. And because people's hard heart will not do the right thing, we have to make laws to make them do the right thing. Because they're so hard-hearted, they won't do the right thing. And that's what hard hearts do. They cause people to break laws. They cause people not to do the right thing. Look at Mark chapter 8 and verse 14. You're already there. I guess I better get over there. Verse 14. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. Neither had they in the ship with, with them more than one loaf. And he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, and of the leaven of Herod. Now, in Matthew, it defines what that, that leaven is. It's a, it's a prophecy. I mean, it's, excuse me, it's, it's doctrine. The leaven of, of doctrine. Leaven is doctrine. So the Pharisees' doctrine. In other words, a religious teaching. Jesus Christ is warning his disciples, watch out for the religious teachings of the Pharisees. But he calls it leaven right here. Look at what they do in verse 16. And they reason among themselves, saying, it is because we have no bread. And when Jesus knew it, 
He said unto them, Why reason ye because ye have no bread? Perceive ye not yet, neither understand, have you, ye your heart yet hardened? When you have a hard heart, you stop understanding God's word. Amen. A hard heart keeps you from understanding the Bible. Amen. And if you're having a hard heart, if you're having a hard time understanding the Bible, maybe you need to soften your heart up a little bit. And have a heart that has faith and have a heart that understands, have a heart that is full of some love instead of being so hard. And that's what Jesus Christ is saying there. Your hard heart is not letting you understand. And when Jesus knew it, verse 17, saith, he saith unto them, Why reason ye because ye have no bread? Perceive ye, ha, uh, perceive ye not yet, neither understand, have ye your heart yet hardened. Your hard heart is keeping you from understanding the Bible. That would be a shame. To have such a hard heart you can't understand the Bible. And we're not saying that you understand everything about the Bible. But it will help. It will, God's not going to reveal stuff to you if you have a hard heart. Yeah. He, he was just not going to do it. Verse 18. Having eyes see ye not. Having ears hear ye not. And do ye not remember. Uh oh. There's an oh. You see what a hard heart's doing to them? A hard heart's keeping them from remembering all of God's miracles. That's what it does, guys. Look at verse 19. When I break the five, when I break the five loaves among 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? They say unto him, Twelve. You know they're ashamed of this. And when the seven among 4,000, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? And they said, Seven. You know they're embarrassed. And he said unto them, How is it that ye do not understand? <laughs> Woo! He says, your hard heart's keeping you from remembering what I've done in the past. Your hard heart's keeping you from remembering what God's done for you in the past. That's what a hard heart will do. That's the danger of having a hard heart. You know, when I was walking with my wife and she said, well, I'm going to pray for you about your job situation and what's going on at work. And I'm like, I don't, don't, don't even pray. It's a waste of time. What I'm doing is I'm saying, I forgot what God's done in the past. How many of y'all have heard me say that I feel like God gave me that job? Amen. Amen. I've told Joker that. God gave me that job. Perfect job. I feel like God gave me that job. And now I'm over there saying, don't even pray about my job. <laughs> That's me forgetting. That's what a hard heart does. <laughs> How do you keep from forgetting? You do exactly what they did. You write it down. Amen. You see, you got that in your lap right there. Somebody wrote that down. You need to document when God does something great for you. Amen. You know, we get up here on Wednesday nights and we write down these names for prayer lists and we try to pray over these names during the week. Guys, we need to be writing down when God does something good for us. Amen. Because we forget it. Hey, we forget it. You know how many times people have said, uh, you, Keegan, you remember when you blah, 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 did this? I'm, no. <laughs> and my wife will say, do you not remember that? No. I've got to write stuff I forget. And the older I get, the quicker I forget. God doesn't forget. But the Bible also says that God writes it all down too. He has a book of remembrance. He writes all that down. You need to have a book of remembrance. You need to write down. When God answers a prayer for you and you're thankful, write it down. And every once in a while you can go back and you can look back and say, man, God did so much for me. See, we don't write it down so we just forget it. We, we should be, brother. We should be writing it down and remembering it. 
You know, one of the things is being one of my, the lower end uh, scum bosses up there at work. Is they send me to these boss classes, and one of the things they tell me all the time in these classes is this word right here: document, 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 document. If you don't document it, it never happened. If you don't document that this guy did certain something certain thing, then it never happened. If you don't document that that guy was late for work, then he wasn't late for work. You got to document, you got to document. If it's not written down, it never happened. You know why they do it? Because we're ignorant and we got to write everything down. Guys, we need to be documenting all the things God's done for us because we'll forget it. It never happened in our eyes. He braids them because they will not, they have a hard heart and they forgot what he had done for them. And it causes you to lose your faith. It causes you to keep you from understanding the Bible. And lastly, I want to show you one last thing. Look at Mark chapter 3. I'm going to show you one last thing. Mark chapter 3. Dangers of having a hard heart. I've shown you that Mark chapter 3 verse 1. I've shown you that a judging heart turns into a hard heart. I've shown you that the laws were created because of our hard hearts. Our hard hearts keep us from doing the right thing. I've shown you that a hard heart will close your heart up to faith. Cause you to have unbelief. I've shown you that a hard heart keeps you from understanding the Bible and makes you forget God's wonders He's done for you in your life. And lastly, I'm going to show you the last one that's the scariest one to me. Look at verse 1. Mark, Mark chapter 3, verse 1. And he entered again into the synagogue, talking about Jesus. And there was a man there which had a withered hand. And they watched him, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day that they might accuse him. See, they're not supposed to be doing nothing on the Sabbath. You can't work on the Sabbath. They had this strict law about the Sabbath. So they were going to try to catch Jesus doing some work on the Sabbath so they could accuse him and say, see, he's breaking the law. He's not a God. He's not the Son of God. They were going to do all this stuff to accuse him. So they're watching him. Verse 3. And he said unto the man which had the withered hand, Stand forth. He told him to stand forth in front of the synagogue. Basically in their church. To stand up. And he saith unto him, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil? To save life or to kill? But they held their peace. <laughs> I would too. I'd shut my mouth. Jesus Christ says, uh, "Is it good When it's a Sabbath day, should I be doing something good or evil? And, of course, they don't want to answer him because that's a loaded question. That's why Jesus Christ did. That's why I love Jesus Christ. Because he, he, he loads them. He gives you a question that you'd better not answer because it condemns you, see. And that's how he gets people with questions. They'll ask him a stupid question, and he asks them a question they can't answer. And that's how he gets them to shut up. To save life or to kill it, but they held their peace. Look at verse 5. And when he had looked around about on them... With anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts. He saith unto the man, stretch forth, his, stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was stored whole as the other. But notice what Jesus Christ does there in verse 5. He looked around about on them with anger. Having a hard heart will have Jesus angry with you. Amen. Now see, that's something that surprises some people. Jesus getting angry? Jesus doesn't get angry. Well, he most certainly does. And the Bible tells you the things he gets angry about. And he got angry with them because of what? Hard heart. Being greed for the hardness of their hearts. There's a real danger in having a hard heart. And I've shown you four others, but that's one of the main ones. 
The reason why a Christian shouldn't have a hard heart is because Jesus Christ is going to get angry with you. You don't want the Lord angry with you. You know, I want to have Jesus Christ happy with me. So I want to have a soft heart. I don't want to have a hard heart. And guys, I know, I know, I know. Living in this world, turning on the Fox News or whatever news you, li- whatever you listen to, reading the internet, it's hard not to get a hard heart. Because, man, this world is so wicked, it's so evil, and then they attack us, they make fun of Christianity, they laugh at us. They, any way they can lie or cheat, whatever they can say, they just, everything they can do to try to destroy our faith, they try to do it, and it gets me kind of hard-hearted. And I get kind of hard-hearted, and God don't want me hard-hearted. He wants me soft-hearted. Now, we're running right on time. So, Lord willing, next Sunday, if you can make up here next Sunday, I'm going to preach on how to soften up your heart. I'm not going to give you all this bad stuff and make you feel bad without giving you the good. Amen? That's the gospel message. You get all the bad, you're a sinner, you're no good, that's bad news, right? That's the, that's the gospel. The gospel is you're a sinner and you're bound to a devil's hell. But there's some good news. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yes, you're a sinner. Yes, you're bound to a devil's hell. Yes, you're going to go to hell. But there's good news. God has paid the way out of that Amen. through His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ paid for your sins, died for your sins. And the good news is it's a gift. It's a free gift of eternal life. It's a gift that's given to you freely. You don't have to earn it. Because I've given them eternal life. So that's the good news. So Lord willing, and, uh, and praise the Lord if He does come back, before next Sunday. I hope he does. I hope I'm not here. I hope I'm just gone. And if we're up in heaven, I'm not preaching this message. We're at the feet of Jesus, you know. But the point is, is Lord willing, next Sunday, Lord willing, I will preach on how to soften your heart and give you some stuff. The Bible says how to soften your heart because it's obvious that we could get a hard heart. And if you're here this morning and you have a hard heart, I ask you to pray Jesus Christ and break that heart. Say, Lord, just I don't want to be hard-hearted. I'm living in this world, Lord, and I'm seeing the way people act and seeing how people treat each other. I'm just getting a hard heart. I'm, it's starting to rub off on me. And you just need to pray, Lord, just break my heart, Lord. I just need a soft heart. See, our loneliest place in the world is a human heart that's void of love. That's what E.C. McKenzie said. The loneliest place in the world is a heart that has no love in it. I don't want to have a heart that has no love. Because when my heart has no love, it gets so hard, as hard as this wood right here, and nobody can break through it. But there's one person who can, it's God. Jesus Christ can break through that. And you just pray, Holy Spirit, please, Lord, come through there and break my heart down. I don't want to be hard-hearted. I want to be soft-hearted. I want to be tender-hearted. I want to be just like you, God. I want to be long-suffering. I don't want to be so judgmental. I want to have a heart that believes. Because see, a heart that has faith in it is a heart that's happy and content. The reason why I'm so happy and content with everything that goes on to me in this world is I'm happy and content because I know that I have a Savior in Jesus Christ and I know where I'm going. And I know how it ends. And I know it ends all the right way with Jesus Christ. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for loving us, taking care of us. Father God, I ask that your Holy Spirit will move among us, leading, guiding, directing us, Father. Lord, I ask you to give us a soft heart, Father. uh, Some of us, Father, are so hard-hearted, Lord, and... uh, Father, we're just living in this world, Lord, and maybe somebody's done us wrong, Lord, and it's hardened our heart. Maybe things are happening in our lives that's given us a hard heart. Whatever it might be, Lord God, I pray that, Lord, you just speak to our hearts right now the truth, Father God, and soften us up. Lord, let us know it's going to be okay, Father, and that you've got a plan, and in the end, Lord God, we're going to be up in heaven, and that's the main thing. 
And Lord, thank you so much for loving us and putting up with us, Lord. I'm praying all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hey, brothers, have an invitation. If, if you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, this is your chance. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.